When the doors to your flight open, please take a seat and store all carry-on items in the underseat compartment. This includes cameras, purses, hats, and of course, these little beauties. <laughs> and they laugh to be back at university. Maybe it's because of the tutu. Well, you doubting autonomous, you ready to make some history? I'm ready already. Let's go! The future has arrived. The future has arrived today. I'm very proud of you, child. Thank you for guiding me, Grandmother Willow. I did not guide you, my child. You listened to your heart. Now follow it to wherever you need to go. W Radio. Your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show. Your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 138 for the week of September 27th, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. There'll be no news this week as I prepare to head out to Walt Disney World for the Adventurers Club event, the Expedition Everest Challenge, and of course, the start of Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival. And to that end... We'll begin this week's show with an interview with Epcot's executive chef, Jens Dahlman. We'll discuss what's new and exciting during the six-week entertainment-packed event filled with fine cuisine and wines from around the world. And since planning your Walt Disney World vacation is the first and often most critical step, I'll talk this week with three experts in doing just that. As members of the 2009 Walt Disney World Moms Panel, Join me to talk about the panel, share their stories and experiences, as well as some tips and advice for travelers and potential future panelists. I'll play more of your listener voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. So I'm here with Epcot Executive Chef Jens Dahlman. Chef, it's got to be a very exciting time for you as the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is about to start its 14th year. Definitely. I mean, we worked pretty much the whole year up to this to this time now. So we have four more days left before opening and be excited. I mean, now it's really crunch time. We're hoping all the pre-planning and, 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 and hard work is paying off now. But we feel comfortable. This year is going to be exciting for all our guests. Uh, in the marketplace alone, the marketplace around the World Showcase, we're having about 70% new food items. We have a business representing 21 countries, um, three of them brand new, including Thailand, uh, Brazil, and the dessert kiosk. So it's, a, it's definitely it's a lot of work, work coming up to this time, but now it's really ex- time for execution, and uh, it should be fun for all of us. Absolutely, and you know, much like the rest of the theme parks, you always have to sort of reinvent what's happening at Food & Wine to keep it new and to keep it fresh. What are some of the highlights for you and that we as guests could look forward to on, on the promenade this year and maybe some things, new things going on at some of the parties such as Party for the Senses? Yeah, on the promenade, definitely, like I mentioned, we have three brand new kiosks. Um, so all, there alone we have brand new experiences for our guests. As well, we have from our... Uh, 
from a, a sponsorship we have uh, Edis has a brand new experience on the uh, on the promenade next to uh, the merchandise shops it's kind of like a little small town ice cream party going on that's, that's very that's fun for the guests we have um, again 70% of the menu items in the kiosk are brand new so it's really for the returning guests it's not boring it's a we have some of the old favorites coming back like the cheddar cheese from Canada um, or the escargot in France and those, those items are still there but I think if you this year you're going to have a, a brand new experience of aromas and flavors and authenticity yeah, it definitely is very much a multi-sensory experience because wandering the promenade, you do get the different aromas from the different kiosks. What was sort of your mindset going in, not only as far as creating new dishes, but to make sure that they would be acceptable to, say, the American palate? I think the idea was last year, I mean, the, me- the menu for this year's Food and Wine Festival was pretty much made last year while walking the promenade. So um, it has to be sensual. For, for the foodies and for the guests. So now this year, one of the changes, pretty much every kiosk is either baking something to order in the kiosk or is cooking or searing or grilling something in the kiosk to really bring out the aromas onto the promenade and kind of like hooking the guests in and pulling them towards the kiosk. So that's new and that was really my, my main idea. As well, authenticity was a big piece for me. Um, I was lucky enough to travel around the world and I know those authentic flavors and how they should be. Um, so I, I really, I pulled from, from my cast and, and from my experience just to, to try to keep it as real as possible in the flavor profile because I think we should respect um, cultures and for me food is culture um, of, of, of any country so if, if we represent Puerto Rico it should taste like true Puerto Rican food uh, if you say it's, it's Thailand it should be true you should have the, the lime and the Thai basil and the solid the, the chilies everything should be in there so I try not to calm it down too much I want to keep it real and authentic Absolutely, and we had a chance to sample just a few of the literally hundreds of things that are available on the promenade and the variety of flavors and textures and levels of intensity of it is amazing. And also, too, it's the food and wine festival. Everything sort of has its own wine pairing as well. Definitely. Most of our kiosks of food islands have wine pairings with them. Of course, sometimes it proves difficult. If you go to the Asian countries, wine harvest is really not... It's not as as known over there. So, but then we feature some nice beers. So we, we definitely try to tie it in as much as we can. Something else new this year, and always a, a, a huge draw for so many people, is the party for the senses. But this year, it's changed just a little bit, and actually, it's going to change week to week. Yes, uh, party of the senses. We still keep the same form, the same area, um, the world show place. But actually, we're going to celebrate more of. Um, the nationalities of the countries. So we're gonna have. We're gonna start up with the uh, Spanish evening. So we're celebrating Spain, uh, Spain and Southern America, pretty much. So flavors of Spain. Um, then we're gonna move on with the classical French cuisine, or we do Italian cuisine. We do Asian, celebrating Asian cuisine. So really celebrating c- cuisine every week. Um, inside, the, the feel has changed slightly. The, the colors have left a little bit. We're gonna have authentic. Uh, bands and entertainment right there so the whole event is tied up nicely into one one nice neat package yeah again everything is about story and theme and it even carries it and actually there's also an add-on experience too for people who are attending party for the senses yes we have a it's it's a 75 dollar extra it's kind of considered like flying first class Um, so it's really an experience for the returning guests Um, we're going to have reserved seating we're going to welcome you with a nice uh, specialty drink 
which is a hibiscus flower in a little sparkling prosecco. Um, you're gonna have um, a VIP treatment with with chef Sergio Amis Bush. You're gonna have the chance possibly to meet some entertainers um, and and guest chefs. Um, it's really like you can enter the world show place 15 minutes before anybody else. You have reserved seating and you have it for the for the whole event for the whole night. That's really a nice added bonus. Absolutely, and and above and beyond the marketplace and the kiosks and the party for the senses. There's so much else going on. There's taste seminars, wonder bars, culinary demonstrations, wine and other beverage seminars. Really, you can't experience it all in one day or one night. Reason to keep coming back. Yeah, you should definitely come two, three days, I think, to get to get all out of it. Um, I'm often forgotten we have the, the festival center, which is in the old Wonders Pavilion. I mean, there we have uh, merchandise shops, wine shops. There we have the culinary demos going on, the wine demos going on. So it's definitely that's it's a whole day right there. Uh, so it would be really nice to come. Come one day, do the, the festival center, and do maybe the, the right side of the lagoon, and then you come back the next week for the rest. And come hungry. Definitely, <laughs> definitely come hungry. You're going to need it. They say Christmas is the most wonderful time of year. I disagree. I think the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, definitely the best time of year to come down and visit. Uh, Chef Jens, thanks so much, and uh, looking forward to seeing you and tasting more of what the Food and Wine Festival has to offer. Pleasure. When it comes to planning your Walt Disney World vacation, know before you go is a mantra that should be followed by everyone, as planning really is the key to a fun, successful trip. And when planning your vacation, it makes sense to look for advice from those that are experts in just that field. And you know that oftentimes, although many of us won't admit it, if you want the best advice, you got to go to your mom. But if your mom isn't a Disney World expert, well, then you got to go to somebody else's. And thankfully, the Walt Disney World Moms panel makes it very, very simple. The panelists there share their knowledge by answering direct questions from guests who are looking for real and reliable planning advice in an online forum. And they really act as a valuable tool, whether you're planning your first trip or even if you are a seasoned veteran. So today, I'm happy to be joined by just a few of the many wonderful moms, and let's not forget the dad, dad's got to represent, of the Walt Disney World Moms panel, and I want to start by welcoming them all to the show, so Margaret, Tanya, and Diane, welcome uh, some of you back to the WDW Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It, it's uh, Like I said, it's great to have you here, and I thought maybe we would start off Let's just kind of introduce everybody um, a little bit to the moms. And I found out, uh, once again, that I have something in common, a little something in common with all of you. And, uh, and we're going to start off by Margaret. Margaret's a paralegal in downtown Chicago. I feel like it's the dating game as I started. <laughs> <laughs> she's a busy wife and mom to three sons, and she's visited Walt Disney World 32 times. But you're a paralegal, so we've got the legal connection going. We do. We do. I am. Uh, I'm going into my fifteenth year as a paralegal, and I've been with the same firm for thirteen years. So, I enjoy it 
most of the time, but certainly not as much as Disney. But I was going to say, very love the law, <laughs> passionate about Disney. Exactly. I'm hoping Mickey Mouse will one day need a paralegal and he'll <laughs> give me a call. So then I can merge it all together. Well, you know, maybe Mickey Mouse is our lucky bachelor today. You'll have to wait and see. Uh, Non-bachelorette <laughs> number two is Tanya. Jersey Hi. girl. We got the Jersey I, thing going, Tanya. I Absolutely. And uh, I, you're a mom to two boys? I am a, yep, I'm a mom to two little boys, five and seven. And uh, I recently gave up my career to stay home with them full time. So I am enjoying being, being kindergarten class mom this year. That is a... Uh, that is a tougher job than people think. So I, I, um, I applaud you for that. I, I think I might actually want to go to court rather than be, <laughs> stay home because it could be. And two boys, listen, I, I know. And uh, and so non bachelorette number three, Diane. Uh, I saw nothing in your profile that uh, we had in common, but I'm guessing, Diane, that not only do we love Disney, but you, I'm sure that you love the food as well. That I love what? The food, the Walt Disney oh. World food as well. Absolutely. Isn't that the most important part about a Disney trip? I see. I know I like you best. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and how many how many children do you have, Diane? I have three children, 11, 8, and, sh- and a daughter who will be three in December. Good for you. Good for you. So, well, yeah, we, we all kind of bring yeah, are- something different about bringing um, uh, kids of different ages down to Walt Disney World, so clearly you guys are more than qualified to be um, to be on the Moms panel. Well, thank you. So, for those listeners that may be really not too familiar or not a hundred percent clear about what the Moms panel really is and what goes on over at DisneyWorldMoms.com, uh, can one of you just describe briefly what the panel is and what all of your roles there are? Anybody, sure. feel free, jump in. <laughs> Sure, it's Tanya. Um, Basically, the Moms Panel is an online forum where guests can simply type in questions about their upcoming trip, like you said, whether it's their first trip um, or a special trip, whether they're celebrating a special occasion, a birthday, um, etc. And um, the questions go into a pool and we answer them. Um, So people have asked questions from everything from dining, um, they ask for sample itineraries, they ask for recommendations on kids clubs, um, things like that. Yeah, and the great thing, what I love about the Moms panel is that you are not just giving out general advice. You are answering the direct questions of guests, clearly ones that somebody else who may come to the panel website can search for because there will be a lot of commonality between, and I'm sure you see this, many, many of the same and similar types of questions um, throughout the year. Correct, yes. Very much so. And, you know, I, it's Margaret. The thing that I really like about it, too, is even though it's endorsed by Disney, you know, it's it's obviously Disney's um, brainchild type thing that they put together. We are free to give our own uh, opinion on things. So we're not a Disney cast member. Uh, we're not paid by Disney to do this. So we're able to tell you if we really don't like dining at a particular Disney restaurant, that's completely fine. And I think guests will see that they're not being, you know, sold on a, a, a Disney vacation. We're giving them our honest opinion of what worked best for our family. Right. And that's why I think the concept was brilliant because you are real moms. And yes, you are passionate about the product and passionate about Walt Disney World, but you will give your sort of uncensored answers about what you think, um, whether it's 
like I said, a hotel, a restaurant, whatever it might be. Not that you could ever say anything bad about a Disney World restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> At least not on this show, you can't. So. No, but there there are some that you prefer more than others and that you, you know, you're, you're there at your 90 days, well, soon to be 180 day window to get on the phone at 6 a.m. to make those reservations for. And then there are those others that you're like, oh, okay, we'll eat. Here, yeah. if, I, if I can walk up, I'll take it. If not, no big deal. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and... and Kudos to you, you know, with the catch for the 90 to 180 days. Well, and there's a quick question for you while I'm thinking about it. It's got to be tough for you guys because, you know, you sort of are the gatekeepers of information to make sure that you stay apprised of all of the new deals and discounts and changes and things that are coming up to make sure that your answers are always going to be accurate. How do you how do you kind of go about making sure that you're always sort of uh, in touch with what's going on? <laughs> it's we're, all I always, I know, we're always so afraid we're going to jump on top of one another. I, you know, I personally, and I, I think a lot of us, but Diane and Tanya can certainly, um, you know, jump in with their ideas. I belong to a lot of, you know, the Disney daily email alerts that they get and, and all of that. So I read those pretty religiously. And then uh, certainly I get things like the Celebration magazine and, you know, and things like that. So I constantly am reading through there. And um, and I do a lot of searching, you know, on, on different like the WDW news sites and, and things like that. And we talk amongst ourselves, too. I mean, I will openly admit that there are things that I miss. I've just been busy with work or the kids and I don't read something for a couple of days and all of a sudden one of the moms will jump in and say, hey, did you hear this? And, you know, no, maybe I didn't. So um, it, it is a lot to stay on top of it. And it's something I would have done anyway, but I obviously now I'm trying to make sure I'm doing it more religiously because I know that I don't want to be giving the wrong information. Right. And, and actually, so Tanya, for example, mm-hmm. before you... you- uh, were selected for the moms panel. Did you spend a lot of time, you know, online sort of combing through forums and answering questions for other people and, and really be an active participant? Yeah, I actually have kind of a unique perspective on the um, on the moms panel. One of my children actually has an autism spectrum disorder. And um, what I used to do um, unofficially before I was a Disney mom was give um, Disney planning trips to planning tips rather to my network of friends, many of whom have um, special needs children. So I was sort of very active in that community. Um, and I know with my son, um, I came up with a whole bunch of mommy trip uh, tricks and tips to sort of help him navigate Disney in his own unique way. So I, um, that's a lot of what I did unofficially before um, getting on the mom's panel. But yeah, absolutely. I was very active online. Um, I think I have every single guidebook, <laughs> every edition. Um, but yeah, with a specific focus on uh, kids with special needs. Yeah, and I guess now being part of the moms panel, you take that love and that interest and obviously cer- certainly your personal perspective and you take it to a whole nother level because last year, correct me if I'm wrong, about 20,000 people applied to be part of the panel and only 16 of you made it. Is that, does that sound right? That sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds yep. right. So you guys are you guys are the best of the best. You you are the elite. <laughs> I mean, it must be so incredibly exciting when you get that call or you get that that handshake saying that you're going to be part of the moms panel. Diane, what what was that like for you? You know, was it was it life changing? Was it? I mean, has this been past year been just 
you know, something you could never have expected? This past year has exceeded every, ex- oh, sorry, exceeded every expectation. Um, and it's so funny because I didn't dare tell anyone in my family that I was applying to the mom's panel the first round because I thought 20,000 people, there's no way I'm going to make it. And I don't want people asking me. So I applied. And then, um, and then when I made it to the second round, I finally told my husband, I said, you know, there's this Disney mom's panel and there were 20,000 applicants. And his first thing he said was, oh, and you didn't make it past the first round. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta love the spousal support because that's so important going forward. And I said, no, I made it to the second round. So then he would just jokingly call me a Disney mom because we happened to be in Disney World at the time when I when I um, finally told him about it. And then when I got that, when I got the um, email saying that I was going to make it to the third round and that they were going to set up a phone interview, I was so nervous and I thought, wow, I mean, even even if I don't make it, I'm, how many phone interviews could there possibly be at the time? You know, we had no idea. And so, um, so it, it was, it was unbelievable. And then making it, um, well, I have to say that I first thought that I was going to be stuck with some like 16 <laughs> weird people <laughs> who obsessed about Disney every hour. And, um, <laughs> and you found me. that you were and completely correct, scary, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it has been, I mean, I have gotten the best thing I've gotten out of this besides being able to help other people um, plan their vacations and hopefully love Disney as much as I do is that I've met 15 of the most wonderful people um, ever. And um, we have friendships that I that will last a lifetime from it. Yeah, and you're obviously the second group of moms panelists. The first started in 2008, and I had a chance to to speak and get to know a, a bunch of them. And they all sort of described their experience the same way, which was they, they very quickly went from being strangers to friends to feeling like a family. Margaret, do you – and I'm putting you on the spot because two of them are here. But I'm <laughs> sure you feel the exact same way this Oh, I, I totally do. And actually, we, we talk about it often, um, you know, how – how close we've all become so quickly and we do a lot of the you know especially now that the the new application was just opening up we did the whole remember where we were a year ago we didn't even know each other and um, I have uh, I've yeah like Diane said I've met a group of people that I I can't even imagine not having in my life they've just become such amazing friends and we've turned to each other not only you know to joke about some of the questions or plan our Disney trips and things but you know, really when we we need someone, you know, whether it's problems at work or, you know, maybe someone passed away in our family or something. So it's quickly become a family that um, I, I wouldn't trade for anything. I think all 16 of us are here for a reason. We were all picked, you know, for a specific reason. And I, I would not even imagine trading one of them out for anyone else. They, they mean the world to me. So. Yeah, it's Tanya. I have to echo everything that Diane and Margaret said. We literally talk every single day, and I think people don't believe us, but we are online talking to each other, either on the phone or online every single day. And, you know, obviously we spend a lot of time talking about Disney, and many of us have actually taken vacations together to Disney on our own dime, you know, just to see each other. But um, we really are a great group of friends, and it's by far the, the best experience that a lot of us have ever had. And I was going to ask if you you get together either sort of in an official or unofficial capacity, whether it be Disney World or 
I don't think there's actually anywhere else to vacation. But in Disney World, <laughs> if you guys happen to get together in either either you know official or unofficial capacity. Yeah, in fact, um, in June, several moms got together and we all, you know, had a big slumber party in one room <laughs> and we hung out. It, it was a big room. <laughs> Just to um, and we had a great time. I mean, we spent, I think, four or five days together in June and we had an absolute blast. And when we vacation, we actually keep um, an Excel spreadsheet that tracks all of our family vacations. And a lot of us have had overlapping family vacations and our kids have played together. I know my boys are in love with Margaret's children and can't wait to see Miss Margaret. <laughs> and her two boys again. Um, so we really have become best friends. That's great. And it's funny you mentioned Excel because I think that for many people, their only knowledge of Excel is planning their Walt Disney World vacation spreadsheets. <laughs> Walt Disney was World was for, the greatest right? thing that ever happened to Microsoft. <laughs> I agree. No, you know, and we have, although there isn't any other place to go but Disney World, but we have started planning, you know, little get-togethers here and there outside of, you know, that that, that lovely bubble we love to be in. Um, Margaret, let's not get crazy. Let's came. not get crazy start talking about other places <laughs> of <the> Disney World. <laughs> Quite a few of the moms came here to Chicago over Mother's Day weekend, and we went to a musical together and went out to dinner. And I, I know Jody and Diane have seen each other quite a few times because uh, they live close to each other. And uh, Whitney and Jen, I think, live close to each other, so they've met up at some events at their hometown. So, uh, you know, we we honestly find ways and reasons to get together whenever we possibly can. So, and uh, and a little bluebird told me that uh, that many of the moms, possibly all the moms, are getting together very very soon again in Walt Disney World for really what's going to be a. Um, a real team building event. Uh, tell us about the Mom's Expedition Everest Challenge. Well, I think the Expedition Everest Challenge is a true testament to how much we um, all like each other and what we would do to be able to see each other. Because um, with the exception of like one of us, maybe, um, we're not big runners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this was a tradition. The Expedition Everest 5K was a tradition that um, last year's mom pan- mom's panelists started. Um, obviously, they were more into physical fitness, and we were more into the, the food and wine aspect. <laughs> but but we decided that it would it would be worth it, and it would be fun, and let's train for um, this this 5K. Except Margaret, she said she's going to walk from day one. She's probably only the smart one. <laughs> And, uh, and, and Diane, how's that training going for you? Uh, <laughs> as well as it's going for me, I'm sure. So. Well, no, probably worse because I've actually been trying to train. <laughs> I have actually gone out running probably three or four times a week for the last, I don't know, three months. And oh. I still can't run a 5K. But yeah, hey, but that's hardcore. Compared to me, I mean, I run to the car to drive to the car line to pick up my kids, and that's my training regimen, so... Yes, but you know what? I will be all set when it comes time to get to that fast pass line. I will be the first person. <laughs> I told you, you'll find me either in the medical tent or at the buffet, so that's my goal. For, for those of us that aren't running, though, like Margaret, um, I have to admit, I am very proud of so many of them, though, because they really did take this to heart and they really have made an honest attempt and no matter what what happens they've been really they've been really good they've 
been my role models while I sat on the couch and ate potato chips. <laughs> and if I, I could just get... Oh, go ahead, Tanya. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I have the skin knees to prove it. The first day that I went out training, I was very proud of myself. I informed all the moms, today's the day. I'm going out. I have the cutest running outfit. I made it to my mailbox, and I completely just fell on my face, skin both knees, and then I pushed on the panel. And I put SpongeBob band-aids everywhere, and of course they chastised me. They're like, "They need to be Disney princess band-aids. How could you put SpongeBob band-aids?" <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend. I love how your preparation started with. Well, I have to have a cute outfit, of course. <laughs> you know, it's Absolutely. not a. <laughs> well, if you look like a runner, then you'll be a runner, right? <laughs> You know, and I think back when you were saying, I think back to Rocky when he would go out training, and that's probably what he was thinking. You know, as long as I look cute, I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to make it up those steps. So it's uh, well, everyone that's going to be there needs to look for the very stylish moms because all of them except me did go out and purchase new shoes, new outfits, new new tanks, and and I just have my bag of potato chips. <laughs> But Margaret, if you could put on some roller skates and maybe skate with a Dole Whip in front of you, there you and go. Make me chase, and then you can give it to me as I catch you. There Margaret, you I'll make a deal with you. If you bring the potato chips, I'll bring some dip, and we'll eat on the on the course. It's a deal, Lou. You and I. I don't care about being first. You know, I care about enjoying it. So. And then at the end, we'll need a little beverage to wash down the, those salty treats. So we're going to have, a, we'll have, nobody will have more fun than us. Exactly. <laughs> so, but the now. Mom, Whit, the mom, Whitney, that uh, that's training with, obviously with uh, them, not me, posted a really nice comment today about us. What was it, girl? Something about like, it's better to finish last and not start at all or something. And so I commented that I was very glad since I would probably be finishing last. <laughs> Listen, I, I agree with that sentiment. I think the fact that you signed up and, and will take that first step to, to the starting line is the hardest part. Even if you don't finish, you should be proud that at least you signed up for it. And, and I'm wondering what the over-under is going to be. How many <laughs> miles or, or feet into it will it be before you start cursing out last year's mom for this oh-so-stupid tradition that they started in your mind? <laughs> yeah, um, probably about already 10. That. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, quite I think. a few have already pointed out that they voted for food and wine, not the running part. Right. I was going to suggest, I was going to say, I think you should start a new tradition <laughs> for 2009 and 2010. Food and wine, mom, get go. together. Uh, because I think wandering the promenade for a few days or, or grazing, as it were, is a much more enjoyable and less strenuous uh, tradition. Well, see, here's the thing. I thought that this would be um, an in for um, getting to Disney World more frequently because I looked and I saw that there's like a 5K every other month. There's the Princess 5K and the Goofy 5K and the and the twi- and the Tower of Terror 5K. And- Race for the taste. You can run what? and eat. They give you food at the end of it. Forget the well, metal. And that's only food. a 3K. I can't believe we didn't do that one. But I thought, hey, this is a way I could convince my husband to take me to Disney World for all these races. And he would do that because we'd be fit and active and it would be great. Um, but, you know, I, I'm rethinking that um, plan. <laughs> I Listen, what I think, and, and girls, you can use this, trust me. In order for you to properly answer the very important questions. I mean, look, these are people's most important family vacations. In order for you to adequately answer them, 
you need to experience as much as possible. And research trip has got to become a part of your vocabulary very, very quickly. Oh, I learned that very quickly this year. (laughs) Margaret's all about research. (laughs) Margaret's had about 35 research. (laughs) Uh, Actually, the June trip that Tanya referred to kind of started as a research trip because the Pirate League was getting ready to open. And I'm a big pirate fan, and it was all about researching this Pirate League. And uh, although we did do that, and we did do our pirate video and stuff like that, it was uh, it turned out to be a big slumber party. But see, it started as a research trip. So. It, it always starts as a research trip. And, <laughs> and I'm actually happy that you mentioned the Pirates League, because one of the things I wanted to talk about is something that uh, you guys have definitely expanded upon from last year. And that's been doing the videos. Now no longer can you sort of hide behind the, the keyboard. You're out there and your face is out there. What has that experience been like for you and, and maybe the first time sort of getting out in front of the camera. Diane, what about you? Yeah, the, well, I haven't <laughs> done as many videos. I've only, I did the American Idol experience one, um, but the first time we all had to do our video was at our training trip. Um, and I think I can speak for all of us when I say we were a nervous wreck. Um, we, yes. it, it, you know, what were we going to wear? What were, How were we going to what were we going to say? Were we going to sound like complete? Well, I probably shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> you were concerned about how you'd present in front of the were camera. We, we understand. Were we, were we going to look like fools? And was the camera going to capture our best angles? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and we were very nervous. And it's really funny. I think it happened to Margaret. Um, Margaret was in the first group, so they got done with their they got done with their video and uh, and. Yeah. And they went off to play and they were like, ha we're done. And the rest of us are still, you know, shaking like a leaf. And, and then we finished, but they, we, they had decided to change the location. And so they called up that first group who was standing in line for Soren, excited that they were done and had the rest of the day to play. And, and, um, and they yeah, got called to back to redo the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I honestly thought Laura, Laura Spencer was joking. Like I thought it was a practical joke. So that was us, but uh, all's well that ends well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, it, it is. It's very nerve-wracking when you see that lens in front of you, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, go. And, ta- and, all, and you fr- all of a sudden you forget everything you know about Walt Disney World as soon as they start recording. Everything we forget to know about Walt Disney World, I can't even remember my name <laughs> half the time. Or, or, the, or how many children and what their ages are. <laughs> Line. How many kids do I have, please? I, you know, I know Tanya and I have done quite a few, and she may have a completely different perspective than I do. And I'm not to say that I'm not nervous, because I, I have done quite a few now. But um, there's a really great crew that we've been working with quite consistently, and they're pretty easygoing, and they're a lot of fun to kid around with and, and work with and stuff like that. So I think that helps me a lot. You know, it's when we were there in June, Tanya and I and Jody um, shot a couple of videos. And I think by the end of the weekend, we were pretty relaxed and, and open with everyone because we had spent so much time together and they were really great to work with. Not that I like the camera in my face by any means, but um, but that does make it a lot easier. So. Well, good. I'm going to be videotaping the entire Everest challenge. I'm going to be running backwards and just getting nothing but Diane and Tanya and, and Margaret eating potato chips. So. Oh boy, that'll be fun. <laughs> so, but obviously, uh, well, let me ask you this: uh, you know, the times that you do get to Walt Disney World, 
How much do you get a chance to, or do you want to, or does it happen even that you're recognized, and get a chance to interact with the guests in the park at all? If at all. Maybe not. I think Tanya's had some great experiences with that, haven't you, Tanya? Yeah, I actually, I, I was recognized, I was actually waiting to meet Disney mom Karen um, for lunch or dinner at Rainforest Cafe at Downtown Disney, and actually a mom um, with a little boy with autism actually recognized me, and she was so sweet and asked if I was who I was, and I said yes, um, and I was so dumbfounded by the fact that I had been recognized that I nearly forgot what she said next, which was that um, she had a little boy with autism, and that she had used a few of my tricks with her son, and that they had such a good experience, despite the fact that she had was so hesitant to take her um, her kids to Disney because she was afraid he would be overwhelmed that they um, had booked a bounce back offer um, to come back a few months later. So that really was uh, heartwarming. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you can attest to, we, we've talked about um, going to Walt Disney World with special needs. And the one thing I consistently hear from people is not only is Walt Disney World one of, if not the very best places, but so many people have told me it is the only place that they can take their children. Many people who have children with varying levels of autism have said that as well because of of how well Disney um, is accommodating to that and how well the children do in the parks. Yeah, my expression is it's very user-friendly to special needs kids. It it absolutely is. Excellent. Uh, But, uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you can't always play in the park. You've got to go back and sit in front of the computer again and, and, Margaret, eat potato chips. (laughs) <laughs> because you're training, I under your car bloating. I understand. Um, Poor Margaret. <laughs> so, but um, so tell us maybe quickly what a, a typical day or a typical week is like for a, a Disney mom's panelist, as far as getting the questions and answering the questions, and, and maybe how many. And, and I guess maybe Diane, you can st- go ahead and start. Okay. Well, um, there's a there's a main there's a site for the moms panelists that we log on to that has um, a, a queue of the questions that have been asked, and and there are some that are just general questions, and then there are questions that are um, written specifically to us as moms panelists. Maybe um, a, a guest had gone to our bio page and and asked us a question directly, and so. <clears throat> We go on and and usually we try to tackle the ones that are um, asked to us directly first because they I don't know because they're because <laughs> no one else because no one else can answer them it's they're 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 specific to us so um, we answer those and then um, and then we go through um, the queue of the queue of general questions and we we look through them until we find one that we can answer and we answer um, and we answer well we're. Um, supposed to answer 15 a week, but most of us have done many more than that. Um, and, and that's about it. That, anything to add, Tanya or Margaret? Yeah, I mean, we, um, we all have our own areas of expertise, so um, we're not compelled to answer a specific question. Um, and I think we all, you know, we all answer questions that we feel comfortable answering with. I answer a lot of special needs questions. I'm also a DVC member, so I like to answer some of the DVC questions. You know, Margaret's in love with pirates, so we sort of leave <laughs> all the pirate questions to Margaret. I was going to say, like, is there a, a certain question that you see in the queue that you're like, this is all me, or one that you just love to get? Yeah, de- I definitely. I mean, Tanya hit it right on. I mean, certainly with her and the special needs, there's none of us that would ever attempt. 
I know I wouldn't to go near that because her experience is so much more personalized. So I could never even begin to help people with that. But um, certainly for me, it's I, I mean anything that yells pirates. <laughs> They want to know about the Pirate League. They want to know about the Pirate Ride. They want to know about the Pirate Rooms at Caribbean Beach. I am a pirate nut. So that, I think, mercifully, I can't talk, they've uh, uh, left for me because otherwise I'd kill them, they think. (laughs) um, And then I like to handle the resort questions, too, because I've actually stayed at almost all of the resorts. So, you know, kind of comparing the resorts and all that. When I see those, those I really kind of jump on too because I, I enjoy those. I think I, I know a good deal about those. So, Diana, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, well, big surprise. Um, I like the restaurant <laughs> questions. Um, You're just sucking <laughs> up to Lou again. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> I like the restaurant questions. And, and oddly enough, I mean, sometimes, sometimes these are really hard to answer, but there are a lot of questions about, okay, what are the absolute must-see attractions? Um, so I like to give, you know, depending on the age of the, the children, I usually ask my boys, um, or, you know, I know I know what my daughter likes. Um, I ask them what their top three are in each park. And those are kind of fun to answer because then I can involve the rest of my family in it too and they get a, a, a more personalized Approach. A lot of times the people who ask the questions happen to have children who are right around the same age as my children. So that's a fun one. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. you you probably all see so many times the same question. You know, where do I stay? Where do I eat? How to make my experience so much more memorable? But is there any question or a uh, couple of questions or person that was just real tough or real memorable or just so funny that that sort of sticks out in the- <laughs> They're laughing already. <laughs> oh, so many. <laughs> We're going to write a book after this. No, I was going to say, that. you could probably put a lot of these into your memoirs. And, uh... but well, yeah, I, I, I think personally, the, I guess the, the group one that we've used a lot in other interviews and whenever we talk about is, is probably one of the first funny ones we had where someone wanted to know if they could bring their hermit crabs with them to Disney and you know they didn't want to leave them at home and, and would this be okay and um, can they go in the kennel and- <laughs> exactly <laughs> You know, and and I mean, it was kind of funny for us because, you know, we're like, okay, is this serious? Do these people really want to bring their hermit crabs? And we didn't know what to say. And uh, but I do have to admit, I think it was Diane L. that ended up answering it. She she took this funny question, which we joked about and we didn't know what to do with. And and she gave a really great answer on it. She did a lot of research and double checked and figured out a good way to keep your hermit crabs alive when you're gone. <laughs> um, so she gave it a serious answer, but it was, I think that's kind of our, our, you know, our group funny question for the year, but there's been quite a few and Diane and Tanya can throw some of those out. I'm, I'm wondering how many people are going to Disneyworld.com right now and typing in <laughs> hermit crab just to see what comes up in the search result. And if you get something like Bistro de Paris, it's going to be really interesting if that's the first result. <laughs> I recently answered a question. There was a mom who I guess had two little boys that were similar in age to mine. And the way she worded the question, you could tell her kids were literally like sitting on her lap trying to kill her while she was typing, saying something like, my kids are so bad. I I don't know what to do with myself. Is it even worth going to Disney? And and how do I keep them from killing each other? And it was so funny. I was like, oh boy, you know, this is this question then I was thinking this poor mom is probably at the end of her rope or whatever so I responded with something I know my kids right now are still in the he's touching me phase that's like <laughs> my house oh. mom he's touching me so um 
I suggested, she was asking what kind of stroller to pick, and I, I remember in our most recent trip, I literally had to take a pillow out of one of the hotel rooms and keep it between <laughs> the kids. And if anybody crossed the pillow line, that was it. No more rides for the day. And <laughs> yeah, there probably comes a point where you recommend, uh, you know, a romantic getaway for two. Maybe it's not something you guys should, you should consider. So... Um, but one thing I, I did want to ask you guys about, um, certainly because you, you've been through the process, and one of you touched on it earlier, is we recently, uh, just uh, by a couple of days, passed the time when the 2010 applicants submitted their entries. And again, I'm accept- expecting the number, if it's not 20,000, to be possibly even over 20,000. Um, and the application process lasted 10 days. But if each of you had to give some advice to somebody who may be sitting there listening, who's waiting for the call and hoping for the call, you know, like, like Lou on a Friday night in high school, sitting by the phone, (laughs) making sure it actually still works every five minutes. What? um, Don't laugh. It's a very traumatic part of my childhood Um, and college. Uh, um, Each of you, maybe, you know, Diane and then Tanya and Margaret, what sort of advice would you give to the, the awaiting mom slash dad? Oh, the ones that have already... Oh, that's a tough one since they've already um, put in their application. I I guess just to... Um, wow. Talk about food. Talk about food is <laughs> key. To, to start planning... Well, see, it was, it was easy for me because I was consumed with planning my... Um, my Disney vacation, I, I sent in my application and my trip was a month away. So that kind of um, kept me kept me occupied um, and kind of seeped into the magic. Um, so, wow. Well, let me ask you this. So, Tanya, did you have like little cliff notes? Did you have notes on a note card sitting by the phone just in case they called at some point and, and wanted to make sure that you hit all the buzzwords and the important things you wanted to say? I didn't have any waiting for them to call. We, we knew that it, um, it was a series of online questions up until the last round, and then we were told that it was going to be an interview. So I will say, in preparation for the interview, I had Post-it notes probably in 35 different colors all <laughs> over my um, my home office with, like, arrows and every guidebook. With like I, I went to law school, so I had all these little stickets everywhere from law school that I dug up. So I was, like, fully prepared. I had my headset on running around in case, um, you know, they asked a specific question. And then, of course, um, they called and kind of like Diane, I couldn't remember my name, let alone which post-it had which answer on it. And I pretty much just ummed and ud through the, um, the entire process. So I don't know that I have advice for people waiting to see if they're going to advance because I think I was pretty thoroughly convinced there was no way I was going to make it to the panel um, after my interview. So we've got so was, ums and uhs and post-its. Surprised. Okay, well, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, it's, a, it's a good start. I think uh, this is Diane again. I have something. Now I have something. Once you make it to the, <laughs> if you make it to the, I have something to say now. Um, if you once you make it to the phone interview, really all all you can do is relax, um, be yourself, and and talk about how much you enjoy. And it has and they can tell. I mean, they can tell if you're if you're um, sincere or not. But. Um, it's not just about how much you know about Disney World, um, because there are there are thousands of people who probably even know way more than any of us, except for maybe Margaret. She's like our oh, trivia stop. genius. <laughs> but um, there, I'm overwhelmed by how many how much knowledge there is about 
um, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, all the Disney, you know, anything, any Disney trivia. But what kind of sets us apart is that, and at least for me, my biggest thing was that I love Walt Disney World. And and more than anything, when somebody says they're planning a vacation to Walt Disney World, my first thing is that, and they've never been, and they're afraid to go because, you know, they've got two kids who are too young to enjoy it. My thing is that, and I think we all, we all want to share our experiences with those people and and let them see how magical a place Walt Disney World can be. And we want to, convert, I guess, convert them. Convert them into Walt Disney-loving, crazed maniacs like we are. And I was going to say, <laughs> Margaret, is it really less about how much you know as opposed to how much you're just passionate about the place and, and passionate about wanting to help people? And, and certainly, obviously, your, your level of, of experience in it as well. Correct. I mean, you know, they don't test us. They didn't test us. It's not, you know, they're not going to ask you the layout of the park and they didn't ask us, you know, to list all the hotels and stuff like that because you really honestly can go to a, a book or, you know, a web other website or a map to get that information. It really was about the passion and about being articulate, I, I think. Um, you know, I mean, you have to be able to explain what what you want to say, which of course right now I sound like a babbling idiot, so <laughs> people are probably wondering, but um, you have to be able to take that, that passion that you have and the knowledge that you do have and the experiences and be able to put it in a way that other families can relate to what you're saying. You have to be able to you know, tell them why that's a great restaurant or why your family really enjoys this resort over another and, um, and let, you know, let your excitement for the the you know the property come through but at the same time just you know be able to show why it's such a great place and, and things like that and you know I have to say my in I actually come from a very different perspective except for Karen and Diane L because uh, we call ourselves the rejects <laughs> because we actually made it to the phone interview for the 2008 panel and the three of us did not get selected but then we turned around and we made it back again the second time so I have a really um, different perspective, I think, going through the process because I went through twice, and I think that I didn't. Um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, I didn't embrace it the right way the first time because once I got through the, those first two rounds, the first time, I think I oversold myself. I convinced myself if I had made it that far, then of course I was a shoe in. Why wouldn't I be? And I think I really didn't come through and show my best side. I didn't show my passion. I didn't show why I really, you know, would be a good asset to the panel. I think I just kind of assumed they knew that. And so uh, the second time through, I didn't take anything for granted. And I really, it, I mean, it was very humbling to be able to go back and say, you know what, there are other people out there that know just as much, if not more than me. And, and I really need to show them why, why I'm, you know, great for this panel and what I have to offer. And so the second time through, I think it really helped me to be able to do that. So I guess my best advice to people doing it is um, not to be, and not to say not to be confident, but not to be overly confident because like Diane said so well, trust me, there are millions of people that know just as much, if not more, you know, than you do. You have to be able to explain to them what you can bring to the panel. So, And I applaud you for being, you know, not just passionate, but patient and persistent and, and certainly it, uh, <laughs> it paid off for you. But so, but when you see, you know, that you see that they start taking the applications for 2010 it's got to be probably a little bittersweet for you guys because this means that 
to a certain degree, the, the end is near. How did that kind of make you feel? Shh, don't tell them the end is near. <laughs> I mean, the end is never really near because you'll always be a mom's panelist and so many of the past panel members are still sort of involved and engaged and, and very much still part of the community I see. But sort of on an, in an official capacity, it's got to be, you know, you, you. I'm sure you almost wish it wouldn't come to an end. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead, Diane. Go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like since since day one, like our since our since our first day on the panel, we've we've been like, wow, we just finished a month. We only have nine more months. And and now as we get close, I mean, especially getting close to um, Expedition Everest, here we are three quarters of the way through our 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 tenure as the 2009 moms panelist and um it's it's hard to believe that um that a year ago we didn't know each other and um and and now our time is almost up so yeah it's it's kind of tough but i think we'll i think we'll all be around in some way form or fashion um i i don't think they'll be able to get rid of us that easily the food this and wine twenty uncontrollably. <laughs> food and wine twenty ten reunion meet. I'm just saying. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. I'll bring the potato chips. I'll be happy to, to join you. I'll I'll carry your drinks. So um, yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility. Um, you know that they'll they were you know gracious <sighs> enough to realize how great the 2008 panelists were and to give them the opportunity to help us which we've really appreciated and it's been great to get to know them and spend time with them and i'm certainly hoping and and you know and and i think everyone else says that in some capacity they'll let us all continue on and and do kind of what the 2008 panel did if not more so our fingers are crossed good good i hope so because it, the one thing it definitely sounds like is that all of you in in every aspect of, of this Experience is just having so much fun. You're just having so much fun with it, and you know, in in, in wrapping things up, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, let me put a you know, sort of the the question to them. Let me ask them, sort of, what's their what's their most important tip for a first timer, or let's what's your, what's your perfect day in Walt Disney World? Some sort of broad, overreaching question to let you stretch your mom stuff. But let's get to the important questions. All right, let's separate the men from the boys, or, or in this case, the moms from the whatever. <laughs> Dad, no, not right. the dad. Let's separate the moms from the dad, and um, and uh, we'll go Tanya, Margaret, and we're going to save Diane for last because I'm curious about her answer. Tell us, moms. I'm asking you the question on the moms panel. Moms, really, what is the best place to eat on property? Oh. <laughs> All right, I will. And no first. lawyer, no Lou Mangello lawyer answer is it can't be a top five. You can't say, well, it's kind of California Grill, but I also like blah blah blah. Throw one out there. Defend your position. All right. My number one right now, which changes on a, I would say, semi-monthly basis, is Gico. <laughs> you sound like you stole one from somebody. <laughs> that's right. I can come up with more. All right. So what is, what is it, Tanya? What is it about so, Gico that that's the must-do dining experience? All right. Well, I'm partial to South African wine. Um, and there's a new one that I just tried. It was a five soldier Chardonnay the last time I was there, which I'm now hooked on. And from what I understand, it's the only place at Disney you can get it. Um, and my kids love the macaroni and cheese. So I know it's a signature dining restaurant and not a lot of people take their kids, but um, my children are partial to the children's menu at Gico. Um, and we've, 
we actually had an amazing dinner there during our training trip in December um, at the chef's table. And um, I think a lot of us actually now think Jico is our favorite restaurant. But um, I think the memory of the mom's panel training trip, the menu and the wine make it number one for me. When you started talking about your kids, I thought you were going to say, my kids are really partial to the Pinot Noir, but... (laughs) (laughs) The mac and cheese. (laughs) Listen, you can't go wrong by by throwing Jico out there. So, all right, Margaret, go ahead. Okay, well, uh, like Tanya, I mean, I have a lot, and I know I'm not allowed to say that. I do have a lot, but I'm actually going to go to a very strong which is our family's favorite and we go to every trip and that's Crystal Palace and we really enjoy the food there we do I mean we love the buffet selections and we love eating with poo and stuff but we have a lot of really great family memories there um, involving my grandmother and you know the kids first time dining with the characters and that's the first place that we did eat together at our training trip in December we actually will all be back there on Friday uh, to dine together again so as much Food is yummy, and it is. It has delicious flan, if anyone likes flan. Um, for me, it's the experience. Uh, and I and Crystal Palace is the first place that we call for reservations every trip. See, I love that answer. I love that answer because the dining experience is so much more beyond just what's put in front of you on your plate. So... It is because, you know, because I I mean, we go to Le Cellier and all that for great steak and all of that. And and we have yummy, you know, food elsewhere. But um, but yeah, Crystal Palace is definitely the experience for us time in and time out. All right, Diane, the pressure's on. The pressure's on. Go ahead. (laughs) Show some love to Pecos Bill and defend it. (laughs) Defend the fixings bar. And the cheese sauce. <laughs> you know, that's a pretty good one, too. Um, I'm not going to go quite um, <laughs> to that extreme, although Tanya and Margaret did mention um, some of my favorites. But I have to say that, uh, uh, well, I love this. I, okay, I know, lawyer questions. Ah, it's so hard to pick just one. You know what? I'm going to pick one that is is good for our family and one that um, when I was, when I was plan- making our plans for our upcoming December trip, I didn't put it in because I said, oh, we're going to try something new and different this year. And my kids about had a heart attack. And it is one of our favorite restaurants. And my husband and I went there on our, our honeymoon um, because we stayed at the Wilderness Lodge. But it is um, Whispering Canyon Cafe. Um, I don't know. Something about that all-you-can-eat skillet and asking <sighs> for ketchup skillet. and the pony rides and... Um, I don't, and even the Lincoln Logs while you're waiting um, <laughs> forever to be seated. Uh, something about that restaurant, we just really have always had a, a great time, whether it's just my husband and I or my children or even um, we went on a, we had a grand gathering where we had um, our whole family, extended family of like 15 with us. And, and we've just always had, we've always left there smiling and it's a great time. Diane, I think I can explain why you like Whispering Canyon so much. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's actually very simple. Two words or one word, depending on how you define cornbread. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Unlimited cornbread at Whispering Canyon. Uh, I'm good for the night. Just roll me out about eleven thirty, and I'm good to go. So, all great answers. And again. Uh, I love the fact that you didn't sort of go with the easy, oh, well, clearly California Grill or Victorian Albert, because you all talked about the dining experience. And uh, so you're all welcome here anytime you want. So anybody going to food and wine? Is anybody going to go to food and wine real quick? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love that enthusiasm about food and wine. I actually, I was there a couple of days ago, and I and I met the executive chef, and I sampled some of the new things on the menu, and they're just phenomenal. So, uh, food and wine is no longer a one day experience. You really need to give yourself a couple of days to sort of graze. Um, and all all they need now in food and wine, and this is my suggestion for Disney. You can pass this along up the up the ladder. They need couches every hundred feet or so. Eat a few stations, lay down, take a nap, get up, move along to the next one, and uh, your food and wine experience is complete. So, but uh, ladies, this is obviously having got, had so much fun having you guys come on again. Uh, I can't wait to see you as you as you run past the medical tent in uh, Expedition Everest next week. I'll be sitting there with my potato chips waiting for you to, waiting for you to go by. Uh, you and I, Lou. You and I. I'm, you think I'm kidding? I'm bringing. I'm bringing French onion dip. Uh, Margaret, <laughs> you and I are a team. We're running together. That's right. That's right. Tanya and I will be there together. We'll hold the chips together. That's going to be interesting how I explain this as I line up and I have my inhaler in one hand and dip in the other hand. <laughs> so, but listen to um, to submit a question, to search for answers, to even learn more about the current and past. Moms panel members, you can go and visit DisneyWorldMoms.com. They're also on Facebook. Love it. Web 2.0 stuff. Most of you guys also on Twitter, um, which is great. I follow all you guys on Twitter. So uh, thank you again so very much. You are you are always, always welcome here um, or at any restaurant in Walt Disney World. So <laughs> Diane, Tanya, and Margaret, uh, congratulations again on being part of the Moms panel. Thanks for all that you do, and thanks for joining me on the show. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks to my guests, Diane, Margaret, and Tanya from the 2009 Walt Disney World Moms Panel. You can visit them, search the site, or ask your own questions at DisneyWorldMoms.com. Thanks also to Executive Chef Jens Dahlman and everybody over at Epcot Special Events. I cannot wait for food and wine to start. It begins on September 28th and runs through November 8th, 2009. Remember, don't go just once. Make it a full weekend because there's lots to see and lots to do. And, of course, lots of great food and wine to enjoy. So much going on, most of which is included. Don't forget with your park admission to Epcot. And you can call 407-WDW-FEST. That's 407-939-3378. For more information or to make reservations for special events and programs, you can also get festival details online at DisneyWorld.com slash food and wine. I'll put that link in the show notes. If you are coming to Walt Disney World in October, I'd love to get together and meet up with you and other WDW Radio listeners at the meet of the month. That will be either Saturday, October 24th or Sunday, October 25th. That's the Tower of Terror 13K weekend. Uh, Stay tuned to the website, the forums, Twitter, and Facebook for the exact location, date, and time. Don't forget, too, we're still looking to gauge interest in the Disney Dream Cruise in 2011. We are looking to sail aboard the all-new Disney Dream in early 2011. So come to the forums or Facebook. Let us know about your possible interest in coming along on a cruise, your preferred sailing date, and possible cavern preferences as well. Look on the site this week for more videos, especially more coming from Disney's D23 Expo, including a couple of exclusive walkthroughs and interviews. You can find all of my videos on the site, in iTunes, or on YouTube. 
And remember, if you subscribe to the show in iTunes, they'll automatically be downloaded as they are released. Be sure you come by the site at wdwradio.com. There you can order signed copies of my trivia books, my audio guides, WDW Radio logo gear, Celebrations Magazine, and lots more. You can also email the show anytime if you have a question you want answered at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, call the voicemail toll-free at 888-703-2171. Please come by, follow my updates on Twitter, be my friend on Facebook, and join the WDW Radio Show fan page. Links to all those right on the homepage at wdwradio.com. Stay tuned for another WDW Radio live video broadcasting chat coming very, very soon. And quick thanks go out to my partners and sponsors once again, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. All-star vacation homes with more than 150 homes within five miles of Walt Disney World. You can go visit them over at allstarvacationhomes.com. And if you are interested in buying or selling DVC, head on over to Chantel and her team over at DVC by resale.com. And as always, my friends, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review the show on iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook or in the forums. And most importantly, I want to say thank you again for taking the time to tune in this week. I really do appreciate it. Remember, always, always keep moving forward. Take that first step to following your dream and have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou, the second cheer. Um, I'm a little backed up on your podcast, but as I was going to get my mail this morning, I was listening to it, and what should I hear? But Megan Shearer wants her email or her question answered. So I'd like to thank you so much for getting to my question, and my friend did have a fantastic time for her first time ever being in Disney Park. We did. We got the photo passes. We gave her buttons for my first visit. And I just wanted to let you know that your advice helped a lot. And I just wanted to thank you. Keep up with good work. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's John O. from the Forum. We're at the Crystal Palace. Having a great time. It's our first day. Hopefully, we'll see you somewhere at Walt Disney World this week. Love what you do. Bye. Hi. Bye. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Ashley Grisham from James Madison University at a rather unusual Disney location. I just finished um, listening to the presentation about the Disney College program, and I cannot wait to start. I'm hoping to go um, for the winter, or I guess fall semester, um, and I just can't wait. I'd love to work as maybe a character or in the entertainment section. Um, I just, I cannot wait. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. Hi, Lou and fellow WDW Radio listeners. This is Mike Diz Fanatic Damari from New Jersey. Uh, we had a fantastic, uh, oh, over two week trip uh, down at Walt Disney World. We stayed at uh, the Animal Kingdom Lodge at uh, Kidani Village, which was uh, outstanding. I mean, you can't say enough about that. And uh, actually, the first half of our trip, we stayed at the new uh, Wilderness Lodge, I'm sorry, the new, new Treehouse Villas um, over at um, Saratoga Springs. And um, I, I'm telling you, I could move into that place. I think we could, we could live there. Um, we had a, a great place um, right out on the water. Um, right by the river, uh, 
spent beautiful view of the river, nice privacy of having, you know, your private vacation home with our own deck and everything. And, um, you know, even though we were running to the parks all the time, I wish we would have had more time to spend uh, just enjoying the vacation home itself. But uh, it was absolutely fantastic, and I look forward to going there again, um, actually planning a trip for myself and my wife, uh, uh, hopefully sometime in the end of October. So uh, look forward, maybe we could uh, meet up then, uh, Mr. Mangello, um, in our uh, in our travels. Anyway, um, oh, a couple of comments. A fantastic show. I'm looking forward to listening to uh, a spoonful of Sherman. <laughs> um, great, great title. And, and um, I, I happen to love guitar. Uh, uh, tried playing when I was a kid. Never quite succeeded because I didn't stick to it. But um, I. I absolutely love guitar so I'm looking forward to hearing that now. that should be a fantastic album and uh, I heard somebody uh, in the uh, voicemails uh, Bruce from Brooklyn um, I'm actually from originally from Brooklyn I'm out here in New Jersey now um, well, about 17 or 18 years or so but uh, have a great trip down there uh, Bruce from Brooklyn and uh, enjoy it and I know that train ride uh, I've taken that uh, train from New York to uh, to Orlando uh, back in the 90s, and actually this last trip we took the auto train from Virginia, which was a, a great ride, and, and we had our own car while we were uh, down in Florida. Um, the kids had a great time and everything. Uh, a little strange sleeping on those chairs, but um, it, it, it was worth the trip. Saved a lot of money, um, which um, actually that goes back to something... Um, uh, oh, I think it was two shows ago um, when you were reading some uh, a bunch of uh, questions and somebody wrote in about, um, I think it was a bunch of young girls looking to take a trip to Disney World and how to save money. And um, that's absolutely one of the things is your method of transportation. If you have the time to uh, take something like the train, you could definitely save money. Um, if you don't have the luxury of that extra time to take the train, uh, one thing to look at is Disney's Magical Express. Uh, skip the uh, rental car. Um, you know, that costs a lot of money. The taxi will cost you money back and forth. Um, but there are a lot of great savings. Of course, staying at somewhere like the All-Star, uh, um, you know, that, that's a great savings as well. Um, but uh, great show once again, Lou. And um, Josh and um, the other person who had suggested a... Uh, Star Wars restaurant, I think that would be fantastic. I don't know who would not like that. I mean, that, that would be a, a great restaurant. Have it as a character meal, I agree. That would be, forget about you. You would have to make reservations two years in advance to get into a place like that. But absolutely a great idea. Um, I'm in for that. And uh, um, as far as my, uh, my Disney dream, uh, that, that would have to be a a two-hour voicemail because I've got a million of them, but maybe I'll call back with one compressed one. Um, but it would definitely have to be something where I'm communicating um, along with the guests because I, I did actually, I was a cast member at the Menlo Park Mall at the Disney Store back in 2002, and I absolutely loved being out there just talking Disney with, with the guests that were coming in. So it would definitely have to be something out there with the guests um, but uh, I'll think about that, and I'll get back to something. But anyway, Lou, have a fantastic time at D23. I'm so jealous that I'm not there, but I look forward to your updates, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, it's Beth. Just wanted to say thanks for the most recent podcast. I listened to you talk about um, 
Here's a little progress. While I did my five-mile run on the treadmill the other day at the gym, um, and it was funny because at the end, what you say what you always say, but it struck me different this time. You said, please spread the word about the show, tell everybody about it. And I thought, hey, I'm doing that right now because as I was running at the gym, I was wearing my WDW radio T-shirt and my WDW radio hat. And I thought, okay, I'm doing that. That works. Um, and I also wanted to say thanks to you and Becky and Justin and Lori and Mojo and everybody who helped entertain those of us who were in the box over the D23 weekend expo. That was really very cool to see everything that was going on. So I appreciate you sharing that with us and all the hard work that, that went into that. And can't wait to hear all about it on next week's show. Take care, Lou. See ya. Lou, Jill and Stacy from Villanova from Karate Class. Here we are at the Magic Kingdom matches at Epcot, and you hear the background. We're on story. So enjoy the music and enjoy the ride. I uh, look forward to talking to you. Bye.
in the fireworks show. Lou, Stacy, and Josie signing off. Look forward to hearing from you. Howdy, folks. It's Josie and Stacy Z from Villanova, and we're on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. About ready to take off. Call in, Lou, and I hope you're doing okay. Big Thunder! <laughs> hey, Lou, this is the Lippert family. We're here at Magic Kingdom, Walt Disney World getting ready for the parade to come right down the street. It'll be here in just a minute. We'll celebrate a dream come, a dream come true parade. We love your show. Hey, Lou. Robert from Tennessee. Uh, just finished, finished listening to your podcast about the uh, Carousel Progress DSI. Great podcast as usual. Uh, we just a couple of weeks ago returned from a trip to the world, and uh, for the first time we took our kids to the Carousel Progress, mainly because of their ages. Uh, my oldest is uh, nine years old, and so uh, we took him thinking, uh, again, you know, let's let's get this experience, uh, something that I sort of grew up with, but let's let our kids experience this. And, and as I watched it, I realized it's a really neat uh, sort of a conversation starter for a history lesson, if nothing else. And we were able to talk about that a little bit. But I think what's uh, even cooler is after the show, he did say one of the favorite things, uh, one of his favorite things about it was the show, uh, was the song, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. So I think uh, it certainly made me a great, big, beautiful tomorrow kind of guy. And then even better, uh, I guess, a little bit last night as uh, my, we're putting our kids to bed, my three-year-old daughter was actually singing the song herself. So uh, certainly sold me on Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. So uh, I think I'm going to lean that way. And, uh, again, great show, and I appreciate all you do. Thanks. Hi, this is Morgan from New Jersey. I'm 13, and last summer when I went to Disney – my, bro- my little brother and I wanted to go on the Carousel of Progress because we love it so much. And I was trying to get him on, and the cast member was trying to direct us to Buzz Lightyear, who was giving out autographs. And I had to explain that we just wanted to go on the Carousel of Progress. I love your podcast, and I listen all the time, and keep up the great work. Hey, Lou, this is Tim Sundle again from Mary, New York. I'm just chiming in my thoughts about the uh, Carousel of Progress. We just got back from Disney World about three weeks ago now, unfortunately. (laughs) Back to New York. Anyways, um, you know, you were talking about the relevance of the youth today and if the youth today would actually even care about such a ride. And we went on the Carousel of Progress, got a chance to see it, and uh, I've been on it many times before in the past. But anyways, my daughter was with us. She's nine years old, and she asked us to go back on it again because she enjoyed it so much. And I asked her what she liked about it, and she said she liked the fact she was learning about history, and she just she thought that was the greatest part about it. So and the relevance is that if you do get a, a rare child that really enjoys the things of, of uh, the past, things of uh, a time era gone by, uh, that they will get something out of it. And it is kind of funny when you come to that last scene, you know, when you see the video games and, and uh, the TVs and even the high-def TV isn't what we have today, which is really flat. Uh, you know, I, I think it should all kind of pretty much remain the same because uh, it was Walt's vision. You know, it's what Walt really wanted. Maybe you can upgrade the, the last scene. Maybe, I, maybe you know, put in a newer television or something along those lines. But anyways, uh, that's my thoughts. Uh you know, the the youth of today, if, if uh, they really have an appreciation for it, will appreciate the history that it's being taught. 
Uh, I'll see you later. Bye. Well, Lou, uh, it's Joe and Stacy Z from Villanova, the end of another great trip uh, to Disney World. Um, currently, we like to, on our last day, I have to check out the hotel. We uh, usually like to um, do some uh, hotel hopping, check out all the different hotels. We stayed at Beach Club this time, which is awesome. Pool was awesome, and the crowds were definitely low in the park September, early September, so we didn't have a problem getting on any rides. And uh, They were almost all walk-ons, and uh, we really enjoyed this trip. Uh, we saw the new uh, Hall of Presidents. And um, you know we've experienced all kind of, you know all the, all the normal rides. <laughs> yeah, some of our voicemail messages, which uh, reflect that. I don't know if you'll play those or not. But um, today we went to some hotels that we uh, hadn't been to resorts we hadn't been to before. We went to uh, Riverside Disney, uh, Port Orleans, Riverside, and um, French Quarter. And they were both very nice. Um, we also stopped by uh, the All Stars and uh, Pop Century, and we thought those were really really neat, too. Uh, some of the stuff they have in there as far as very nostalgic. And then we um, uh, we always end, we always like to end it off at uh, Saratoga Springs is our home resort, but we like to stop by Wilderness Lodge, and that's where we're at now. We're in Wilderness Lodge with the music playing in the background and uh, just kind of like taking in all the sights and sounds. You know, you know Wilderness Lodge's uh, lobby is incredible, so we just like to like sit back and take it all in. I mean, I'm just, you know, sitting back on these really comfortable high back chairs um, and uh, listen to that background music, which is really cool. And just you know, kind of stare off and uh, daydream and relax and maybe even take a nap in the lobby at Wilderness Lodge. We're actually going to be coming back in early December, Stacy and I. And we look forward to we're staying at Wilderness Lodge, actually. So we always try to get to Wilderness Lodge in early December for the holidays. So just you know, wanted to let you know another great trip. And Stacy and I are about ready to hop on the plane, head back to Philadelphia, and um, look forward to hearing your show. And uh, we really appreciate all the little tips we get from your show. So I just wanted to touch base and uh, you know say hi to all your listeners, and we really love the show. Thanks, Lou. Bye.